everybody. Welcome to your weekly sermon from Brad Tuttle Ministries. I am so excited to preach to you today, to teach you today, to share the Word of God with you today. The Word of God is, man, it's living and it's active. And if we listen to it and if we obey it and do what it calls us to do and apply it to our lives, it is, it is the most powerful force there is. We are in a series right now. I started off with the holiness of God. So our our series will be about holiness. Starting off with the sermon last week, that specifically dealt with the holiness of God out of Isaiah chapter 6. I hope that if you listen to this, that that was a challenge to you. And I I would like to say this right now when I'm I'm preaching this. This thought came to me before I started. I'm praying that these sermons will not just reach you and they'll not just get out and be a blessing to you, but I'm really believing that there are people that are living in restricted nations of the world that don't have, it's hard for them to even get Bibles. There's uh, ministries trying to get Bibles into them in their own languages, but everybody to some point, there is the internet and I've read books and heard stories of some of these very restricted nations that do not allow you to convert or don't want you to and punish you severely if you do, don't want you to have a Bible, don't want you to be or listen to anything Christian, I pray that these sermons would get through the internet and get to some of these nations around the world that they could be blessed and they could be trained and they could be challenged and encouraged as well. Because it's important that we do everything we can to grow people spiritually in their faith. Well, again, we're in this series on holiness. We're going to make this part two, and we're going to call it God Uses Cleansed People. God Uses Cleansed People. And we're going to use a section of scripture verses that, uh, two verses in particular, that really uh, are meaningful to me because I pray these every morning. I I so want this to be what my life is like. Um, Because I will say to you right now, I want to be used mightily by God. I know that everything that I've done in my past and up to now ministry-wise is not going to pale in comparison to what God is going to have me do in these last days. Um, So I am excited about being used by God. But there's, you know, there's, I'll say things we need to do. There is a lifestyle that we need to live as a man or woman of God to be used by God in a mighty way. And I'm not just talking about someone who's in the ministry. I'm talking about every follower of Christ out there. God wants to use us, but he wants to use us because we are cleansed. And we're going to talk about that in these two verses. So turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to be looking in verses 20 and 21. 2 Timothy 2 verses 20 and 21. This is a great book, 2 Timothy, about... Uh, just the principles of what it of what it takes to to be effective for the kingdom of God. So here are our scripture verses for today. This is the Apostle Paul talking to young Timothy, who was a young pastor, and he's been encouraging him through First Timothy and through Second Timothy. And he brings these verses to him. He said, "Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver implements." Some people will say uh, vessels, but also implements of wood and of earthenware. And some are for honor, while others are for dishonor. Therefore, everybody out there say, therefore, therefore, 
If anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be an implement or a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. I love that, to be prepared for every good work. I want my life to be prepared for whatever God has for me to do within his kingdom. I want my life to be prepared to do that work in Jesus' name. So it's a it's God's clear intention that he wants uh, every one of his people to be used in the kingdom of God, to share the gospel uh, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given gifts to each one of us that we are all supposed to be proper stewards over. We need to be people that are really pressing in. A couple Sundays ago, you got one to start the year off about running your race, you know, let go of all the stuff that easily entangles you, that sin, and and lay down any encumbrance, anything. It, it could be something good that's stealing your time away from God, that is stealing your ability to move forward in the things of God. You need to dump those things off and begin to run your race and to be effective in that race and to run 2022 in a very effective, powerful way. We're supposed to be serving Christ every day. It's not a spectator sport. We're involved we are getting, we are supposed to involve our lives in the serving of Christ with the for the kingdom of God on a daily basis. And listen, if you truly know Christ, you will not be happy sitting on the bench. I've always I've used this in my testimony or when I talk about my life since I think I basically I first got saved, I always relate it to being in athletics. I never sat on the bench. I did everything I could in whatever sport I played to make sure that I was on the field playing the game. And that's the way we're supposed to be. I want to be in the game. I want to be playing the game, but I want to be playing it extremely effective. And our, our text reveals that that's the kind of God that per, person that God uses, someone who wants to be in the game. And sometimes people think, well, God's only going to use people with these impressive abilities and gifts but while spiritual gifts play a part, they're not the main feature in being used by God. Just remember that. A man can be a gifted Christian leader and yet bring terrible disgrace to the name of Christ. Or you may think that God uses a person who has been to seminary and has a lot of educational training. Seminary has its place or, or Bible school or whatever has its place. And I know of men who have graduated from seminary or some kind of Bible school, but they're not even in a stadium, uh, let alone being in the game. We need to be in the game. Or you may think that God uses a person who has a great knowledge of the Bible. And listen, while being careful Bible students is important, it's not the main thing. We can be a renowned Bible scholar, yet be detrimental to the cause of Jesus Christ. The simple message, hear me, if I say nothing else, the simple message of our text is that God uses cleansed people who are defined by two characteristics. God uses people who flee from sin and who pursue godliness or we'll say holiness. God will use cleansed people who are defined by these two characteristics. They flee sin and they pursue a life of holiness. So we go into our first verse. Verse one says, now in a large house. Let me repeat what I said before. Don't miss this. God uses cleansed people who flee sin and who pursue a lifestyle of 
holiness. And we talked about how holy God was last week. God is a holy God, and he wants us living a holy life. That's a whole nother sermon. So the first one goes on like this. Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some are for honor while others are for dishonor. So that word house, oikia, is literally one's residence or one's home or abode. So Paul uses this illustration of a large house that has different types of vessels in it or implements or vessels in it. The gold and silver vessels are kept clean so that they can be used for honorable purposes, let's say such as dinner parties. The wood and earthen, earthenware vessels, they are used for dishonorable purposes, maybe in the kitchen, carry out the garbage or human waste. They even get broken and they are cheaply replaced. But it would be easy here to misapply Paul's point. So if you took his illustration to the logical conclusion, you could say that, well, even dishonorable vessels are being uh, have, a, have a, a legitimate function uh, and are just as necessary as gold's vessels, but that's not his point. The Nelson's Bible study interprets Paul's metaphor of a large house to describe two categories of believers. Gold and silver represent believers who are faithful and useful in serving Christ. Gold and silver vessels represent believers who are faithful and useful in serving Christ. Wood and clay or earthenware represent believers who fail to honor the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, read verses 12 through 15. You'll get a glimpse of that there as well. So Paul is saying that no one should be a vessel for dishonor. Or to put it another way, he is saying that God isn't going to use a garbage pale life to serve the pure gospel to a hungry world. He's, God is not going to use a garbage pale life to serve the gospel to a hungry world. Now, think about it. Can you imagine being a guest at a wealthy home uh, where you're seated around this magnificent table and the kitchen door swings open and the cook comes out with a garbage pail and starts dishing the food out of the pail onto everyone's plate? Even so, God is not going to use dirty lives to serve the good news of Christ to the world. If you want to be used by God, whether you're in the ministry or whether you're a lay person in the church or you're just a follower, you're a follower, whatever category you're in, you're a follower of Christ. If you want to be greatly used for the kingdom of God and share the good news, don't live a dirty Christian life. Make sure you're doing what you can do, and we'll get to that in a moment, and get your life cleansed so God can mightily use you as a vessel of honor prepared for every good work. I want to be useful to the master. I want to be useful to the master. I want my life to matter. I want to do something great with my life. I want to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. And, it's, and there's, a, there's a price to be paid, and that price is to separate yourself from worldliness, from carnality, and start to live as a true holy man or woman of God. So the object of the figure uh, of the various vessels in this great house is to show that though everyone that names the name of the Lord ought to depart from unrighteousness, yet we must not be surprised if that's not so, 
And if there are found in the church some professing Christians whose practice is quite inconsistent with their profession. And I've said this many times. I'm around a lot of people that go to church. And sometimes it's I stand in amazement to, in, in regards to the, what, how their mouth speaks, the things they say. Uh, they talk so secularly, so much so uh, secular, and they talk so worldly. Um, and talk so carnal, and that they'll tell you what church they go to or what denomination they're in. Listen, that's not the way it's supposed to be. If you haven't got that yet, get that now. That's not the way we're supposed to live our lives. If you're really a follower of Christ, man, the Holy Spirit, I guarantee he's trying to work on you to clean that up. And someone says, well, you know, I'm just a human being, and I'm frail, and I make mistakes. I get that. None of us are perfect, and we all stumble along the way. But my goodness, somewhere in your life, you've got to grow up and take off your uh, your diapers and get in big boy pants and start living your life as a man or woman of God who is determined in themselves to be what God has called them to be. And that is a holy vessel to be used mightily for the kingdom of God. Amen. So let's go into verse 21. It says, therefore, everybody out there say, therefore, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, we'll get to that in a moment, he will be an implement for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. So we see the word anyone, who, in other words, whoever wants to be useful to the Lord for noble purposes, anyone. Therefore, if anyone, anyone wants to be useful to the Lord for noble purposes, even a common wood bucket or clay pot becomes useful when purged and made holy. Remember that word purged. We go on to say, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, that Greek word means to thoroughly clean out or to completely purge. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, completely purges themselves of filthiness and worldliness and wickedness and any kind of evil, and fleshly living, or they thoroughly clean themselves out. So the word in Greek strongly emphasizes the completeness of cleansing called for here. A complete cleansing. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you and I'm challenging me. I, I don't want to be a nominal Christian, um, whether I'm in the ministry or not. I want to be someone who has an impact with my life. And, and to make sure that I have a real impact in the world, I need to be living and thoroughly clean out and purge out all that stuff, anything in my life that's not of God. Amen. This is not just a little dusting off, but a purging from anything unclean. A purging of anything unclean. Listen. For any wastebasket in the house to be used for a noble purpose, it would have to be vigorously scoured, cleansed, and purged of all vestiges of its former filth. Then, to be clear, and let me be clear that because it's talking about if anyone uh, if anyone cleanses himself, but let me be clear on that right there. You may think, well, I got to do this myself. When Paul says that a person needs to cleanse himself, he's not teaching that by our own efforts uh, we can atone for our sins. Uh, 
if, if we could do any of that in and of ourselves, there, the, the death of Christ would be pointless. But you can and you must avail yourself of the means of cleansing that God has provided in Christ. That is your responsibility. You avail yourself to the means of cleansing that God's provided in Christ. So God provided the blood of Jesus as a as a means of cleansing us from all sin, 1 John 1, 7 and 9. So there is a sense in which we are completely clean the moment that we trust in Christ as our Savior, but we walk in the world where we get defiled. When we confess our sins, we then apply the blood of Jesus to our dirty lives. So to be a vessel of honor, we must walk in the light, confessing all known sin to God. If you desire to be a clean vessel that can be used by God to do great things for the kingdom of God, a vessel of honor must walk in the light, confessing all known sin to God, if you desire to be used greatly by God. Vessels of dishonor, they walk in the darkness and they do not cleanse themselves from sin. They're not going to be used greatly in the kingdom of God for honorable things or noble purposes. So we have to choose. We choose what kind of vessel we want to be. And, you know, I, I've, I've been in, in the church game long enough to see that within the church, not everybody has a desire to be a vessel of honor. It's really a shame. But again, you see so many people who are living lives that don't even look like they're saved. So then you wonder, are they saved anyway? So we got to choose what kind of vessel that we're going to be. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be an implement for honor or a vessel for honor. So the vessel, because the materials mentioned here are of, uh, of which these items are made, it seems likely that Paul had in mind serving vessels and perhaps utensils. And he frequently uses the figure of a vessel to describe Christians. Again, the point is clear that God can only use clean vessels in holy service. There are a lot of things that are going on in the world today that need vessels of honor to be out there helping to accomplish. There are people who have been imprisoned. They are being persecuted for their faith going through torture and situations that none of us could even imagine and doing it all because they will not deny Christ or they're a follower of Christ. They're imprisoned, they're beaten, they're removed from their families and on and on and on. There are people out there in these restricted nations around the world where there's maybe so-called 1% Christian. They need people who are cleansed, who are living as vessels of honor that God might send you to them or God might do something through you to get to them, or that you might even pray to, for them, or you might even give to them. Um, holy service will be accomplished by clean vessels. We need to have a desire to be used by God. So for God to be able to use us as vessels, we must be empty, we must be clean, and I love this, we must be available he will take us and fill us and use us for his glory. He will take us and fill us and use us for his glory. But listen, if we are filled with sin 
or we are defiled by disobedience, here's the thing, though. He will first have to purge us, and that might not be an enjoyable experience. So I would say, if you have any desire to be used of God at all, take heed to what the Holy Spirit is bringing to you today and get on your knees or whatever, however you pray, walk around or whatever, right where you are and confess your sins before God and say, God, I want to be a vessel of honor that is prepared for every good work. I want to be used by you, my master, to do great things for the kingdom of God. So he goes on to say he will be an implement for honor or a vessel for honor. And then he says, sanctified. I love the word. We all like to say sanctified. Sanctified, the Greek word hagiadzo. It means to set apart or consecrate for sacred use, to dedicate to service and to loyalty to God. So hagiadzo, and I've talked about this before, it's in the Greek and what we call the perfect tense, which that, that indicates that this set apart state began at a point in time and continues in the present. In other words, our initial um, experience of salvation by faith in Christ's completed work on the cross, cross is in itself a sanctification representing the initial setting apart believers to God. So that sanctification process takes place that's part of the benefits package, redemption, justification, reconciliation, and we have sanctification. So the process starts immediately. Now, as we think about our part, in other words, you'll read in, in the verses before and after what we're reading, talks about fleeing youthful lusts, pursuing righteousness. When we think about our part in this process of sanctification, imagine using a dish in your house for transporting vile wastes and then turning around and using the same dish to serve food to an honored guest. You'd say, I would never do that. But isn't that what we all do when we make the conscious choice at a particular moment to defile ourselves and fulfill the ever-present youthful lust, whatever those lusts might mean for each of us? Listen, the sanctification process starts the moment we come to faith in Christ, but it's not done. The process, when justification happens, it's a one time, it happens, you're justified. Redemption, you're redeemed. Your reconciliation, you're reconciled. Sanctification then is though a process that starts at our salvation experience, and then we walk through a progressive uh, sanctification process throughout our whole life. And in that process, we need to be making sure that we are growing spiritually mature enough to recognize the fact whether we are living as a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. Does that make sense? Um, we need to be constantly fleeing, remember, fleeing sin, uh, living a whole, pursuing holiness or godliness. We need to be running from youthful lusts or whatever lusts that are in your life to you in particular that would set you back or make you dirty Cleanse yourself of those things and be that vessel of honor to be used by the master. So he says he will be an implement for honor or vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master. That word useful, the Greek word, means easy to make use of, serviceable, pertains to being helpful or beneficial, very profitable. I want to be profitable 
unto the master. I want to be serviceable to the master. I want to be beneficial to the master. So the apostle Paul wanted Timothy to be useful to Christ. That's why he that's why he hit him with all these things. He wanted him, he wanted his life and he wanted Timothy to want to be useful to the master. Paul, that's one of the great desires of Paul's heart was to be useful to the master. And all the things that Paul went through and all the struggles and the persecution and the sufferings that Paul went through, all of that, he wanted to be useful to God. He kept himself as a vessel of honor. Amen. The word master means one who possesses undisputed ownership and absolute unrestricted authority. Master here emphasizes Christ's absolute lordship. It emphasizes Christ's absolute lordship. Jesus is the Lord of and over all. So Paul's point here is that dirty vessels are not useful to the master except for purposes that you don't want to think about. We want to be used as vessels of honor who are cleansed, who have done what they got to do to cleanse themselves, who have applied the blood of Christ to their life, who have confessed their sins, who have purged themselves completely of this stuff out of their life. And here's the thing about that. That means that we need to be on a constant daily basis. When we sin, the problem is people sin before God as a follower of Christ. They get in their flesh, they sin, and they don't do anything about it. I don't know, sometimes they never confess it. Or they, they wait three days or a week or a month or they, I don't know, they might not even ever think about it again. We are supposed to be so connected to the Spirit that if we make a mistake, we recognize immediately, man, I, I, I need to confess that before God. That's what he's looking for us to be. People that recognize it and deal with it immediately, cleansing ourselves, always ready and always prepared to be used for the kingdom of God in a powerful and an effective way. And lastly, it says, prepared for every good work. Prepared means to make ready, specifically to make ready beforehand for some purpose, use, or activity. It includes the idea, I love this, of willingness and eagerness as well as of readiness. So this word prepared or willing to do that good work, eager to do that work for God, ready to do that work for God. That's why we can't just get so caught up in the things of the world. We do our nine to five or however long you're at work and you come home and man, you got to get all this stuff and you go back to bed, get up and work. And now we don't, we don't, we don't, we lose, we lose the concept of that's not my life. That's not the real life. I want to be used by God. However that's going to be, we want to be used by God. Prepared for every good work. It means prepared in the sense of being equipped. I want to be equipped, ready, eager, and willing to do good work for the kingdom of God. Prepared, equipped for every good work work specifies how useful the vessel is to the master that it is fit for every type 
of service. That it is fit for every type of service. So we see the phrase, every good work. That is every God work. Every work initiated by and energized by His Spirit. I want to be prepared for every God work. Amen. Such a vessel is ready, willing, and able. Remember that what is pure and set apart for special use can easily get contaminated and be rendered unusable through contact with the corrupt and profane. That's why you've got to separate yourself from the things of the world. I'm talking even television shows, things that you, whatever it may be, you need to separate yourself from the things of the world because it's so easy for us to allow ourselves to get contaminated. Remember the one we used uh, about running our race, it says, and, and, and uh, lay off those sins which so easily entangle us. So we can't let these things that, that sometimes we've let so easy uh, get involved in our lives. We've got to purge ourselves of those things to be a vessel who's ready, willing, and able at any time, who's usable to be used for God's work, for God work, amen? Paul here is concerned that Timothy, his, this is his choice disciple, that he would keep himself in a usable condition for the Lord and separated from evil. We've got us, man, we live in an evil world. That cannot be in our lives. We're in it, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we're in the world to be a light, not to look like the world. We're supposed to look, we're supposed to be a light that is separated and set apart from the world, yet we're in it to be used by God to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So a Christian should always be ready to do God work. He should not need to be urged or coaxed or persuaded, but should be so always ready to do good work for God. Hmm. One of the verses that are, are above this in that same chapter in verse 4, uh, it says, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life that he may please the one who has enlisted him. In other words, we are... We are followers of Christ, but we are in the army of God. We are soldiers in God's army. And it's saying that we're not supposed to get ourselves entangled with the things of the world so that we can live a life that pleases the one who enlisted us. I love that. And when you read verse 22, that's right after the ones that we are going over. And here we have that now flee from useful us and pursue righteousness. Flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So we must be determined in our heart that we are going to live a cleansed life, a life that's purged of sin. We confess it quickly and we determine in ourselves to be used by God. We must choose to be a vessel of honor that is prepared to be used by God. Amen. To me, this is not a lighthearted decision. Uh, there's work to be done in these last days. There's so much work to be done in these last days. People need so much in regards to the gospel, so much in regards to Bible teaching, so much in regards to even getting Bibles or hearing the word of God. There's so 
much to do. There's so many lost people, even right here in our own nation, who have not heard a true gospel, who just go to church and think they're okay. They'll use the name of Christian, but they're not really a follower of Christ. There's work to be done, and we have to make a decision that we want to be someone that gets off the bench, gets on the field, and gets in the game and makes a true difference in people's lives. Amen. We need to get a heart that's impassioned to serve Christ, that's impassioned for reaching people for Christ. We must be praying fervently for souls to be saved, for souls, for people to be healed, for people to be set free from their persecutors. We must get our heart on fire for usability. And I'll close with this. I shared this before in uh, my testimony. When I, when I started my life, in, uh, about a year after I got saved, I started into a life of, I grabbed a hold of prayer. And I, the church I was going to started an early morning prayer service. And um, I would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and because I had to work like a 10-hour day. Then I had to go to school. Then I tried to get in a workout. So I started early, so I'd get up early. Because I got up at five, because I wanted to get ready, because I wanted to pray for a good hour or so, and I wasn't doing it where I lived. I was driving to the church where I went. I'd walk in the church, smaller church. I'd open up the door with a key, and I would go in there and put in a cassette tape. Yes, a cassette tape, and I'd play worship music. And man, for an hour or so plus, I'd be in there crying out to God. I'd be in there praying, seeking God. And one thing I always did when I was done, before I walked out the door, out into the world to go to get in my car and drive to work. I would slap the top of the doorway and I would say, God, use me for something great. Use me for something great. I never had dreamed about being in the ministry, none of that, but I really believe because of the commitment that God saw in my life in prayer that I had a desire to be a vessel of honor, a vessel for honor and to be usable and to be ready and willing and to to confess and to really to declare out of my mouth, use me for something great. God has opened up doors for me in the last decades to be used to reach people literally around the world. And that I'm not some isolated case. That's not just for me, that's for you. Again, whether you're in the ministry or you are a follower of Christ who's a lay person in the church, it doesn't matter. You need to have a passion to be used for great things for the kingdom of God. Get up in the morning, spend time in prayer, And on the way out of the room, man, slap that door and say, use me, God, use me for something great. Amen. And I guarantee you, you follow what you've been taught today. And I guarantee you, you're going to see doors of opportunity open for you to be used to do great things for God's kingdom. Amen. Can I pray for you right now? Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to study the word to listen to the word to hear the word we thank you holy spirit that uh, people all of us myself included everyone that this has gone out to here and abroad to the nations of the world will grab a hold of this and they will have to be to 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 begin to be impassioned to do great things for the kingdom i pray this has challenged and instigated somebody out there to at that moment rid themselves of all that unconfessed sin. That they see that God has a plan for them and they want to fulfill that plan. And let them realize that there's a, no, there's a set number of days for us. And 
We have only one life to live. We've got to live it all out, all out to the fullness, fullest for God. So we want to make sure that we are ready, that we are willing, that we are usable for the kingdom. We want to be usable for God. We want to be useful to the master for every God work. So God, challenge your people today. Encourage them to live lives of purity. Encourage them to live lives that pursue holiness. Encourage them to live lives that flee sin that they would live as a cleansed vessel, a vessel to be used for the kingdom of God, a vessel to be used by the master, prepared for every good work. We thank you for these things, God. I pray anybody out there who might be sick in your body, I just speak healing over you. God is a healing God. I pray with everybody out there over those that are being persecuted in the nations of the world, I pray for their courage to continue, for their faith to continue. I pray you would keep evil people from finding them. I pray, Father God, for those that are in prison overseas right now. We pray, Father God, for their freedom, but we pray that while they're there in the midst of that suffering, that God, you would comfort them, that they would know that even right now we are praying for them, and that people over here are praying for them and lifting them up. So we thank you for that as well. We give you all the glory and we give you all the honor for all these things. Jesus name and everybody said together amen and amen so thank you for listening to this today thank you for joining me today remember have a desire to have a passion for the things of God to be used as a vessel for honor amen God bless you